She Loves Herself with Jill Ritchie, showing you how to embrace vulnerability and unearth your power within. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of She Loves Herself, the podcast. It's Friday the 27th of May 2022 and I am joined by another guest this Friday and gosh we are coming towards the end of season five and I'm like oh my god how does that happen so fast. I'm already thinking about guests for season six and I've got some really cool people lined up already which is exciting Um, before we have a little break though um, you still have another episode today you've got Monday and you've got next week too so let me just before I go into um, today's guest I want to share with you again about the self-love summit because I'm going to just keep talking about this because it is nearing the time it's next Sunday so a week on Sunday is the self-love summit event so just to recap as always what we have in store on the self-love summit so it is going to be online over zoom so it's open to everyone so if you do not have your ticket I have kept the price at £39 and so for £39 you are getting so much epicness you are going to be part of a live podcast interview with me and Sarah Jean Dunn so you're going to be in the audience you're going to be watching it in real time you are also going to be participating in beautiful meditation that I am going to be opening the space up with so we're going to be opening you up to your heart we're going to really get into your heart and your soul really into that place where Ah, the juice, the love, the connection, the self-trust, the self-honour, all of the things. Then you're going to be guided through expression, movement, ecstatic dance session with Lynette Gray. The power of movement is phenomenal. It's not just about dancing and trying to look good. This is all intuitive moving and it moves energy through your body. Then we are going to be doing an amazing workshop with my very, very good friend, Sarah Gregg, who is an author and a psychologist. She's the author of Find Your Flow, and she is going to be guiding everyone through a real-time workshop on how you can connect to flow and be in the flow state. When we are in our flow state, life feels so much easier. We are not in the resistance. We're not in the push and the pull. We are just in the being state and allowing things to flow to us much, much more easily. Um, so she's going to show you how to do that and to get into that place. Then we are going to have a healing your ancestral line sort of meditation workshop with the one and only Natalie Smith and this again this work is so powerful because so much of what we carry is not really ours it's learned behavior it has been passed down to us through our ancestors and so you're going to be able to connect with that on a much deeper level And then we are going to finally, um, when we come towards the end of the workshop, we're going to end it with Cherub Sanson doing a wonderful sound bath. So you're going to be in such a beautiful space of all things self-love. And it starts at 9.30 a.m., finishes at 12.30 p.m., British summertime. Um, And if you can't make some or even any of the workshop, live in real time you can still purchase a ticket there are many people that can't make it live but wanted to purchase the ticket and I'm going to send you the recording so the link is in the show notes you can also go to my website jill-ripty.com or go over to um my 
Instagram at Just Jill Coaching and purchase your ticket to the link in the bio. So I hope to see many of your faces there. Okay, so moving on to my guest today, I have a really special guest with me, joining me um, in this episode, and that is Jojo Fraser. And this is really special for me, actually, because I would say what was four years ago, um, one of my visions on my vision board four years ago was to get on a podcast. Um, and the very first person that allowed me to be on her podcast was my guest today. It was Jojo Fraser. She invited me to come on her podcast, which was really, you know, established. And I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. But I was also so nervous. And I just not long been out of corporate. I really lacked a lot of confidence, but I knew I was on that journey of really reconnecting to my my soul's path and she allowed me to speak on her platform and from that a lot of people reached out to me and other doors opened for me on the back of that so I will always be so grateful to Jojo and Jojo is a real um, supporter of mental health and she is also an author she wrote a book um, all about it and actually two years ago just before the very first lockdown Jojo had her own I hate using the word mental breakdown like it really just doesn't sit right with me um but she struggled again the struggle with your mental health which is so something that happens to many people right but Jojo was actually hospitalized and um she spent 33 days in hospital And she has been on a huge journey of recovery since then. And she speaks really um, openly and vulnerably on this episode. And she also talks about her fear of flying again, her fear of getting high into that vibrational state where um, she then had her manic episode the last time. And there is some fears and reservations of you know, will that happen to me again? And this is a really beautiful episode for anyone who not even has just struggled with their mental health, but anyone who is sort of going along life feeling like, you know, yeah, you know, things are good. That that sort of thing could never happen to me. And then boom, you know, it, it, and it absolutely can. And she talks about the signs leading up to it, during it, and w- what she's doing to navigate her way through it since then. And um, it's been two years now, but yeah, it's a beautiful episode, guys. So um, without any further ado, let's just go in and... Um, enjoy this episode and as always um please leave a review and and let me know how you got on with it have an absolutely gorgeous weekend guys take care bye she loves herself with jill ritchie welcome to she loves herself the podcast jojo fraser I'm so, I'm so excited to have you because, do you know, I was like a little girl at Christmas, right, as I was getting ready for this, Jojo, because I'd been at a walk this morning and um, you sent me something over to read that you're working on, which we're going to go into a little bit in a bit. But it got me reflecting. And as I was out walking, I was smiling so much because I can't believe I'm actually introducing you on my podcast <laughs> because... I, the first podcast I ever spoke on was yours and it was about four years ago. I'm so proud of that because when I launched my podcast and I was terrified when someone suggested, but the reason they were like, there's no podcasts in Scotland talking about this stuff. And I was like, yeah, but would it be any good? Like, will people think I'm 
Like, who do you think she, you know, the imposter mm. syndrome and all that stuff. But I'm so glad, and I'm sure you feel the same, like mm-hmm. the amount of people you'll have helped and impacted through talking about this really important real chat. And mm. um, it's just a game changer, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And I remember the, so for the listeners, um, I have shared, I started my journey four and a half years ago and I went right into it. And I'm definitely someone who is quite an open book like yourself, Jojo. And um, I think I, I think your, your podcast was one of the first podcasts I started listening to because I don't know, like not being, um, not doing any of the work I'd done before, I didn't really listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. And so when I went on my own journey of rediscovering myself and finding myself again, I really was looking for people in that space that were having real conversations about mental health and about struggle and also whilst maintaining fun. And, you know, and then I I don't know how I, I actually can't remember how I found you, but I was hooked. And then I think I reached out to you and I came to your house and I was so nervous. And I remember like, I turned up on the wrong day. Do you remember that? <laughs> I think you went out early and I was out and I was like, I'm out running. I'm training for this half. I'm so sorry. You were like, it's fine. I'll go to the shops and then I'll come back and uh, bless oh. you. But we had such a great chat and the energy oh. of that podcast was still, and it's there. It's not going anywhere. That's the beauty of it. This incredible chat we had four years ago, right here in my kitchen, mm-hmm. is still there and it's still relevant because although we've both changed so much in that time, and you grow and you evolve, there's still beautiful parts of you in that. And you can see mm. how you've kind of come on, how we've, you know, learned yeah. stuff. And I'm grateful to you for giving me that platform because many people reached out to me after that, Jojo, because you had a platform where so many people resonated with you and trusted you. And that's a huge thing in this industry, especially now. And I see a huge huge up level of people who are coaches and people who are in the wellness space that weren't there four years ago and um but for and I think trusting someone is not always easy because especially when it's a quite a saturated market I want to say and we don't know like who are the most authentic ones that I can relate to but for you you had that platform because there wasn't really anyone that I knew of in Scotland as you said talking about it so and people reached out to me and you you helped me create my own platform Jojo so thank you for doing that. Well, that is just amazing to hear. That's all, you know, I think about purpose quite a lot. And, I'm, you know, if you have tough days, and you think, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? And it's, you've got to think of a bigger picture, the people you can encourage to follow their dreams, to, to speak out about issues, whatever it is. If I'm helping make a difference to someone's life, even if it's just making them smile because I'm mm. dancing around like a loon in my kitchen and singing like no one's listening, then that's worth it. And then mm-hmm. it helps my mind if it think, oh yeah, but they must be thinking you're this or that. And when the the wee ego is just playing up, I just go, that's not my value. The critics mm-hmm. are not my value because they it's not my stuff. And mm-hmm. I wish I wish anyone that's judging well, and maybe in a couple of years they would be ready for mm-hmm. kind of real chat, motivational stuff. So yeah. it's that thought. 
that I go through when then a critic comes knocking or PM. Remembering your why and actually the people. And actually, let's just touch on that, Jojo, because I think I've definitely been on such a journey even since speaking to you. I mean, I was working with a coach at the time. I remember you and I talking about it. I was working with two different coaches at the time when I came on your podcast and um you, I remember actually, remember we had to pick a song, you used to get all your guests to pick their song yeah. and we would sing at the end. I love that. And I remember I picked This Is Me, but oh my God, this is where like the universe works in such amazing ways, right? My, I watched The Greatest Showman again on Saturday night with Daryl and the kids and I felt like this buzz. But I remember that reminds me of you. The Greatest Showman. It really does because I remember following you on your journey, your book launch, and all of the songs that you used to sing were a lot of songs of The Greatest Showman. And I remember I loved This Is Me, and it was so. And I remember you used to have your daughter Bonnie, and she used to sing the songs as well. And it was just so bizarre, right? That I watched that film again with my children and. Here I am talking to you in the podcast. There's no coincidences, right? We are absolutely supposed to be recording this episode right now at this time. You know, this morning with my singing teacher, I sang A Million Dreams and brought <gasps> it full out. And when I was getting to the, um, you know, they can say, they can say, it all sounds crazy. And I was doing the kind of crazy. And just that lovely thought about dreams and following the dreams and I feel like we're on a constant battle, you know, I'm not one to talk too negatively, a constant battle victim, but I, I feel like with having a mind and having a body and having a deeper place, it's that kind of roots and wings. The world will say, don't dream too much or don't get too big your boots, don't do this. But also you don't want to stop the dreamer in you, doesn't want to stop that little child or your soul, your mojo, whatever you want to call it. You don't want to kind of, push it down and when I was saying this morning I was just like yes this is this is just how we should be living our life like following our dreams like whatever that is you know the project we've been speaking about that's one of my dreams doing something with that because the story the script that I've written it's come from a the toughest time of my life uh, mm-hmm. darkest time of my life and I thought what do I need to do with this and someone after my it's actually an actor um really talented um who's reading it at the moment and she said mm. she said Jojo when she listened to my TED talk she said you need to put this into a script and it took me two years to do it and I'm still in process getting feedback changing things it's evolving all the time but to have this to know that it's going to help in some way even though I've been to the, like the lowest place using those lessons. Um, so that was kind of the, the theme I was thinking when I was singing this morning, just to keep. Oh, that always reminds me of you. And then I watch the film and then I've got you on the podcast. I'm like, there's just no coincidence. And the thing is that there's such, um, the words, when we hear songs, they really pull at our hearts, don't they? The words, you're like, whoa, I can listen to a song, Jojo, and start crying. And I'm like, it's like it's speaking to my soul. And you are definitely someone that uses your voice and music to express yourself. Mm -hmm. And I love that you said that when I think to myself, 
people will watch and be like, what are you doing? Like, what's what's that all about? But then you remind yourself of that person that you've touched that day emotionally and that has said, you know, you've really helped me. You've changed my life. I mean, Jojo, you did help me change my life because I... I was in such a place when I first came on your podcast and I was at the very sort of start of my journey. I didn't really have confidence. I remember shaking like a leaf and, and you were just so nice and encouraging. And I really needed that at that time. And so I'm so grateful to you for that. So you made a huge difference to my life. So thank you. Well, thank you. That is so, yeah. It's so nice. Just- well, it's allowed me to go on and, you know, help other people. And, you know, I, I understand that, Jojo, when you're when you're thinking, oh, what am I doing? <laughs> and then and then you remember or you get a message from someone that reminds you of the impact that you have just yeah. by being you, not yeah. by being anyone else, being your most authentic, truest self. Because yeah. you're here for a reason, Jojo, and I'm going to sort of... <laughs> go into this right now about the the script that we're talking about um which I've had the pleasure of starting to read and oh I had all the feels when I started doing this the first line I thought I know I know what this is I know what this is and because I followed your journey and I remember a few years ago Jojo when we first started lockdown and we'll touch on this a little bit if that's okay with you whatever you want to talk about because I remember seeing something, um, it was a poster post that you put up and um, I think Lynette had messaged me and said, is Jojo okay? Because, you know, Lynette too, right? Lynette's been on your podcast. And I think I'd reached out to you and, you know, you were going through a, a real difficult time and you mentioned this, probably the darkest time for you. And I remember you and I were both studying some spiritual work at the time. We were doing. I was doing the energy, Jeffrey Allen. Course. Yeah, Jeffrey Allen. So was I. Also doing a lot of Reiki, but I realised how much energy I could feel. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also going to a really free church as well. So there was like a mix of because I grew up in the church, right? So for me, it's like right. What do I? I'm not a religious person, um, but I've got my faith and all the values I've learned growing up. But then I'm in the wellness world, and I'm like, well, how do I fuse? what feels right mm. for me, for my values from growing up and the good things I saw, because a lot of people can't stand religion. They're terrified of it. Yeah. Terrified of the label God. And I'm going, well, I've not seen that. I've seen really good things. So mm. then it's, it's trying to merge that. So I was doing, you know, the sort of faith, the prayer, the meditation, the rape, uh-huh. the crystals, the, I was doing it all, but the energy was just blowing my mind because I couldn't believe how much I was feeling. People were writing to me going, you're an empath, you, you've got discernment gift, you've got a, you're a feeler and a seeker. So you're taking on all these labels and you're going, well, I think I am a feeler and a seeker. I, I connect with those labels. Um, I connect with the spiritual label. I connect with the, the faith label and all that stuff. But when you get to those places, I was just so high that I didn't know how to come back down. Um, 
And yeah, there was a few things that happened as well that I wasn't sure. I used to let everyone into my energy because I love people, right? I would sit with people on the podcast and cry and I didn't put the boundaries in place. So I would sit and I'd take it all in like a sponge Mm. and people would come up to me in the supermarket. Can we talk about the time I was suicidal or, you know, Mm. really deep chat? And I was, of course, because my purpose is to help change the world in my own small way. So I'll take it all in. So I'm taking it all in, all in. But in the energy world, you know, there was someone that I sort of let send me energy, but I knew nothing about that person, didn't find much online, didn't want to come on my podcast. They might just be a really quiet, shy person with an amazing gift, but I didn't know. And I took a lot of that energy on. So in that place, when I'm starting to get some dark thoughts, I'm going, did they send me bad energy? Mm. Or is that just my mind's tired because I've gone too high energy pelt and I'm starting to go into a state of mania it's I can't tell you 100% yeah and I remember connecting with you during that time when you were in hospital and messaging you back and forth and I remember you and I did a when we were the lockdown and this is before I had the podcast and you and I did a bit of an Instagram live on this and you really shared and if anyone wants to watch that they can go back you know it's god it was two years ago now but it'll still be on my Instagram it was a really beautiful um kind of I was going to say episode it kind of was like an unofficial conversation not like a podcast but we chatted and you shared so openly and I I had so many messages from people after that that were so blown away by your authenticity by what you shared because I think that people only usually hear once someone's out of something you know I had this thing and I'm totally over it now but actually that gives people hope right but no one really talks about it when they're in it yeah, when it's happening. When it's happening, it's like you, you see the the aftermath, and they're all they're all better now. But then it's that it, actually when you were in it, you were still processing at that point. I was broken that day. I was broken that day. I loved speaking to you, but you know, I have people saying to me, "Don't tell people," and you you don't. It might impact your career or. Um, all this kind of chat or the ego, like, no, you've got an image to you're the positive one that doesn't happen to you. And I'm going, I've been a mental health campaigner, you know, I'm not going to not share. WYSIWYG is what I am. What you see is what you get. I'm still going to have to be that even though I'm traumatized and I'm terrified Mm -hmm. and I've just been to hell and back. I'm home now. And even in hospital, the nurses were like, you need to get off and stop telling people about what's going on, like your stress levels or your, and I'm like saying to the nurses, but you don't understand. That's why a lot of people are in here because we're not talking. I was getting, I was really emotional. I was getting really angry. I was like, no, this has to change. You know, it was like me times a thousand. I was like, come on, we need to, we need to do this. It was like, yeah. Yeah. And then you got yourself sort of out of hospital and really navigating your way through healing um, and how has that been since then? Because although I, I mean, obviously you've had your TED talk and all that, but how how has that been navigating your way through that since leaving hospital? Yeah, it's been uh, so. My recovery has been over. We spoke. It was over two years ago. Because now mm-hmm. me, I think it was about April time. Yeah, spoke twenty twenty. I got out of hospital twenty third of March, the day we went into lockdown. So I thought there was something about that. The mm. day it happened was the day I got my freedom back 
but then it was taken away in other ways. But actually, that's what I needed. I needed to ground at home. I needed to hug my kids and put them to bed, having been taken from them for 33 nights, which felt like a lifetime. I still got to see them. I mean, my hubs was incredible. He was constantly bringing them in with gifts and you know, he just did so, so much. And, the you know, the kids, they were quite young. So we made it as fun as we could for them having to come into hospital. So, and I would draw them art and all that. But I had all this, like, oh, heartbreak from not being their mum because I'm such a gushy mum. So I had time to just be a really gushy mum. And although it was hard because I was homeschooling, so it was like, right, we'll give you the time back. <laughs> All right, we'll give you it, universe God. We'll give you the time back. Jojo, there you go. You're teaching them as well. <laughs> so I really relished that. But then my mental health nurse, who was fantastic, she was the one that spotted I wasn't well because what happened was when we first went to the doctors, I put everything on my husband. I was like, it's all his fault and started listing anything negative about him. So the doctor thought, is she being abused? Like what's happening? Mm. And I said, we need to go to therapy. But what the doctor didn't see is I put everything on anyone that would challenge me, like my poor mom, my brother, my friends. I'd be just as vicious if they challenged me. So he only saw that. So he's thinking, what if it's buzzword coercive control, right? So yeah. we end up at a um, counsellor session. I go in first. The girl who sees me as manic herself or not well and tells me, after speaking to me for five minutes, didn't realise I was manic, tells me that I'm in a very, very dangerous marriage and that my husband could go to jail. And I'm going, what? He's not that guy. We've got our differences. We've had a tough year of trying to you know compromise and got mm -hmm. like work on our values and meet each other and certain things but I'm like he's a beautiful soul I spot it the first night I met him he's got the he, my husband is the sort of guy that he prays morning and night in the shower he doesn't really know who he's prays to he, he wasn't brought up in the church or anything he believes in a higher power so he meditates and prays in the shower every morning and every night. And he prays for all our friends and family. He's got the purest, goldest heart. Mm -hmm. um, he's just a beautiful soul. So for him to be told he's a bad person, then for me to start telling everyone this because I had no boundaries. So I'm calling everyone going, he's a bad person. I'm leaving him. And it was just horrendous for him because he was like a rock. He was just the most incredible. So when I was in sort of recovery, he was, the medication really numbed me so much. So I felt so heavy. All I was doing was sugar cravings, baking, eating. So never once weighed myself because I wouldn't go there. I knew they said, when you're on this, you, you may well put on a bit of weight. And I was in lockdown. So I was just eating, but then I still had the sort of mojo in me where I was like, right, I need to keep moving and do something. So he would push me up hills. He was like, come on, we can do this. And if I was like, it's so hard. He's like, come on, baby, you got this. He'd be pushing me up the steepest mm. hills. He'd be getting me out doing weights. And he was like such a cheerleader. So I'm aware not everyone has maybe that level of support. He, even though I said such horrible things to him, he saw it as an illness or yeah. an episode. He never... And although there was times he'd be like, you know, if I had PMS or was having a bad day, he'd be like, oh, no, what if that happens again? What if she yeah, tries He's got stuff that he could probably do a few sessions to work through, but he's he's got his routines. He's very, he does his exercise. He's got, he does have good routines in place. But, but yeah, I had that support. I had time at home with the kids. I really embraced my cold water swimming. I took that to the next level. 
I did breath work, Wim Hof breathing course, um, energy stuff. It's weird because I was terrified to go back to that in case. Yeah. I think part of the programming is, and I don't know if you know, but the NHS actually have a spiritual care team. Mm. So when I was speaking to my psychiatrist, who's like, Joe, your recovery has been textbook. It's been incredible what you've managed to do in two years of recovery, being so ill, coming off the meds, being in a really good place. But she said, you're still vulnerable. There's 40% chance I could get that again now I'm off the meds. So obviously there's anxiety there. She said, a lot of the stuff we spoke about was my kind of the spiritual stuff. And I was like, I I know that I can feel things and I know there's a spiritual Mm -hmm. world. I know that, but I'm scared because what if I get too high and I lose it? And I said, I know it's different now because the the negative stuff isn't there, but I'm scared. Like what if it was bad energy I was saying, and it wasn't just burnout and exhaustion causing that negativity. What if it was something else? And she's helped me unpick a lot of that. And we also spoke about labels and, being raised in the church, you know, it was like Jesus, amazing love, peace, the devil, the devil. And I always said, I don't, I'm not comfortable with that word because it's really scary for people, right? I've never been comfortable with heaven, hell chat. I don't agree with that. I don't think that's what a loving God would do. So I was quite a rebel in my teenage years. I was like, no, not accepting that. Accept the love, accept the faith, not accepting that, not accepting that. Mm. Sex before marriage, what? Are you are you, are you serious? Like, I can't do that. You know, there was all these things I had to pick through of what was right with me and my values and what was I wanted to take from this incredible upbringing I had, you know? And so we've been picking through a lot of that. But I think I did get this evil um, thing and with the lack of sleep and the paranoia there was that who's evil who's good yeah what's, what's bad and there's still a bit of that trauma in there just a yeah. wee bit, which we're working through with a coach with work with the sessions and some other sort of inner child work I've been doing but it's a yeah. process right for sure it is and I applaud you for navigating your way through it because anyone that makes an attempt to sort of do any work around you know healing spiritual um mental physical emotions emotional sexual the inner child work the shadow work we all have darkness (laughs) right and and actually so many of us can try and mask many parts of ourselves but here you are opening up those parts and working your way through it and it's not easy Jojo and I, f- I feel like you may be on this journey for another few years until you 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 know you lose that maybe sense of paranoia and you have been through trauma mm-hmm. right let's not dress it up that is traumatic mm-hmm. what you have been through and the sheer fact that you're getting up and you are still finding light every day and showing up the way you're showing up. I absolutely admire you because what you've been through, a lot of people will never go through in their lifetime. And we don't wish it on anyone, right? Yeah, but but um, you, you're getting up every day and you're looking at ways that you can navigate through it and heal. And I think it's amazing. And just taking those steps, one thing each day that makes you feel good in that day is enough. Is that rather than thinking about, I need to be healed, I need not to have any of this this trauma, 
um, and this energy in my body. And I, I totally get why you would be scared to go back to it. Mm-hmm. You know, when we have felt something in our body that sh- that's really shook us up to, mm-hmm. um, to the degree. I mean, I've felt shaken up by things before, but I've never experienced what you've experienced. So I, I can only imagine how difficult that must be to try and think, well, do I want to go back to it? Mm-hmm. And I think just trusting Jojo that when the time is right, you will know and let go of any pressure that you feel that you that that you think I, I should be. There's no should or shouldn't be. There just is. And it's how you feel each day. End of, you know, yeah. and it'll happen when it happens. That's it. Yeah, I feel like the past few sessions, I feel like that I, I keep hearing it's your time now to 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 come back to, you know, I, I think a lot of about, you know, Reiki teachers will say you need roots and wings. And I'm like, there's been a fear of flying again and mm. being in that, oh, in case I, I fall or something, that darkness. But it's not being afraid of the darkness, but processing it mm. in a way that will, because no one can say, like the night I had a hallucination, it felt like a dark spirit entered my body, right? So some people will say, well, maybe it was a dark spirit, you know, depending on their upbringing, their beliefs. Some will say, no, you were exhausted. You were delusional. If people, you know, have insomnia, 80% of them will have an hallucination. So that would make sense that I had this. But there's a small part of me that's like, well, what if it was an evil spirit? Mm. So there's, a, there's that little fear there. But the me, the well me is saying, well, what's more productive for me to believe? What's healthier for me to believe? What's healthier is that it was a terrifying hallucination. um, And there's good, as you say, and evil everywhere. everywhere, And it's just focusing on the good, focusing on the light. But then what you say about the shadow self is interesting because I feel like I do so much personal development and I've been obsessed with personal development since I was... About 13, I think I was just friends were like, why are you looking at that book? And I was like, I just love it. Almost like it was kind of a weakness, like, oh, you're looking at self-development stuff again. Mm-hmm. Like, What's wrong with you? But I was like, I just love it. I'm, I'm curious. I'm fascinated. But yeah, just I just I want to keep enjoying the good stuff. But with the shadow stuff, it's like, do I just say, for example, one of my things is um, there's some stuff that I'm working through at the moment, which is fascinating. Um, so one thing I've been working through is uh, like a self-control thing. So we worked out in a session that I was sabotaging my need to, not my need, my desire to fit into this pair of jeans, right? By making up or attaching myself to the story that whenever I go somewhere, I have to try a new cafe and that involves getting a bit of cake and stuff. This is just one example of things I do. And I'm like, but is that shadow self sabotaging? Because I'm really enjoying the cake. And they're like, well, but do you want to fit back into those clothes? Well, yeah. So it's like you're challenging the shadow. Do you know what I mean? And it's working out which part of the shadow you want to because we're never going to get rid of shadows completely. No, we want to integrate, right? And we want to understand. And a lot of the shadow comes from, no, it doesn't even come from us. It comes from parents, grandparents, ancestors, the beliefs and the conditions that are put on us. Um, particularly shame, mm-hmm. particularly shame um, that we take on as a set of beliefs that, that oh, I, if I don't do this, then shame on me. Mm-hmm. You know, shame will be 
cast on me. And if I do this, then even though it makes me feel good, I'm not supposed to want that thing because I was told that it's it's really selfish if I want that thing. So shame on me. So a lot of shadow is conditions. And actually we can really lean into, okay, well, what what can I alchemize and what can I really send love to? What can I just love about my shadow? Mm-hmm. and make friends with my shadow and I think sometimes we do look at it as good and evil and it's it, for that it's like well actually we it's the it's the stories that we attach to everything rather than just saying oh there's this part of me that really loves to be like really naughty and yeah. And, it, and actually, if I was brought up in a certain faith, they would say shame on me for that. But actually, I like really feels fucking good. Yeah. But actually, if we just say, right, I'm going to just accept and love that part of myself, providing it's not hurting me. If it's hurting me, what is the message from that part of my shadow? What is it trying to do? What is this part of me that maybe needs to be alchemized and maybe just needs to to have unconditional love? Because when we can give it unconditional love, we take its power away. That darkness and the ur, it suddenly doesn't have that power anymore because it's been alchemized by love. I believe, and I feel like that has helped me and many of my clients to to understand shadow a little bit more rather than saying, oh God, we just want to like kick this bit out because it's dark and it's evil. Well, is it really? Or is that someone else's version of what is dark and evil? What's your version? What feels good for you? The more we shame parts of ourselves, the more we ignore parts of ourselves, and this is for anyone listening, the more power we give it, we think we're not giving it power by like repressing it. We are giving it power because then it starts to manifest in more ways. And that little whisper of hear me, see me, love me becomes a like a bulldozer. Boom. Here's some shit for you right now yeah. over time. So if someone, for example, and I, in the past I may have done this, um, I when I was traveling as well, I was 24 four single wild and I would do a lot of dancing competitions and some of them were like white t-shirt and I would always take it to the next level and my one of my bestest friends um from uni would always be in the front row cheering me on she actually got in a fight with a bouncer once because she was like she got the loudest cheer and the prize was like a thousand dollars but they gave it to their friend who was like didn't get as and she was raging she was sticking up for me so much but I remember she saying to me you do you sometimes like need attention from men or and I was like um well I have always really liked men um I've always wanted to and then when I started to unpack and that really sexual side of me that's wanting a show and no shame mm. you know whatever here I am I was like is that is it overcompensation for needing love because it was like, if I met guys when I was single and traveling and stuff, I never just wanted like a kind of one night thing. It was like I was looking for a connection and yeah. people would stereotype, I'll oh, see her on the stage. She's just, and he's get her for the night. She'll, mm-hmm. But I remember thinking, oh no, I don't just want, no, I don't just want, want his connection. I want connection. And then you start yeah. to think, well, where, where does that come from? Was it because mm-hmm. I had a lack of connection in the first seven years or, or is it just a basic human thing within us all that we need connection? It, does it come from a lack or does it just come from the fact that I'm human and I need to connect? 
Yeah, and I think it's such a great point, Jojo, because I think everyone is on their own unique sort of path and their own, it's their own sort of version of what that means for them. And the best way, I know you mentioned inner child, I think doing inner child work really does help you unpick what that is. Now, because there's a couple of ways to look at that, right? So getting up on the stage and like letting loose and like really embracing your sexuality, it, there's definitely, I know like, I'm a bit older than you, Jojo, but we're kind of similar sort of age group, right? Back then, there was definitely shame on girls that like, well, that's really slutty. And if you like sex, you're a slut um, or like be a good girl and don't be too provocative because it gives the wrong impression. However, this actual deep desire, so I can really relate to that, that deep desire for attention and that buzz of, being seen felt good. I I absolutely loved being seen, but internally I felt a bit of shame around that because then it was that case of, and this is why I created the podcast, she loves herself, because it was very much when I was at school, who the fuck does she think she is? She loves herself. That's what the saying was. She loves herself like it was a bad thing. Now, I think what is wrong with women embracing their sexuality and getting turned on by turning people on like Mm -hmm. that is a buzz like that is a buzz and so for many people listening to this like well that's not a buzz for me well that's okay but I would have maybe said that wasn't a buzz for me five years ago but since I've done the work and I've done a lot of intimacy and relationships and sexual healing that is a buzz like Mm -hmm. I loved it but what I didn't love was the it was like the angel and the devil and the shoulder the shadow and the light right the the shadow parts going well yeah I'm loving turning people on here but there's other parts like well you shouldn't because you know that's really dirty and like who the fuck do you think you are doing that but actually again that's where we take on shadow of Mm -hmm. shame that isn't ours because if we came from a culture jojo that said women are sexual and get yourselves out there girls and have as much sex as you want as long as you're safe and enjoy it and get turned on if we came from a culture that embraced that then we would embrace that we wouldn't feel shame around it the problem is We've come from a culture that doesn't embrace that. And there's so much shame around it. And I'm not talking just from us. You think about us at our age. I'm talking about my mum, my gran, her mum. Like the women were like, shut up and put up. You, If you're a smart woman and you're educated, you're not going to even do anything. Forget about a career because you're just going to stay at home and make food and look after the children. And you think about it, even going back like a hundred years ago. But if you go back to like, um, like the goddess times, right? The women were like goddesses, and they were like the sexual beings, and they were like the queens, right? And so things have changed and everything is just man-made. It's whoever makes up the freaking rules, then we all conform. And that is a lot of the problem, I believe, with where, where we go wrong with our mental health because we suddenly, our truest, and this is where inner child is great because it takes you back to, well, what was the truth of what I wanted? What did I deeply desire as a child and did I not get? Where did I feel first learned shame? You know, was it in this situation or was it in that situation? So I would say to anyone, anyone listening, if you've not done any inner child, go and do inner child because if you can get someone really good to take you through that process, it is epic. 
because it really lets you understand, well, what was it that you deeply desired? Where where did that first come in? Where did that, where was that attachment? Where was that need not met? Because we learn our attachment styles from being, you know, a child when we didn't have that need met. Maybe we witnessed mum and dad having an X or Y relationship. So then we became avoidant of confrontation, of conflict, of intimacy. So we learn it all as children because, um, yeah, it's it, as I said, it's, it's and it's individual to people, but I want you to think about if you're holding on to shame around feeling turned on or feeling another way, like the way you explained, that for sure comes from feeling like you're not conforming. Therefore, we take on shame. And that impacts our mental health. It does. That does. Shame is uh, it's deep, isn't it? There's so many layers to it. And to unpick it, you know, in a safe place is just it's so important because if it's holding us back, if these old patterns are holding us back from really flourishing and it's like, it's time for a new era, like let's change mm-hmm. the script and let's yeah. all this is back, you know? Yeah. And do you, because if I, I actually just recorded Monday's podcast episode, right? I do these little 10 minute Monday love punches and I just finished recording the one for Monday. And I was saying in that, that we just, we just don't trust ourselves enough. We ask the opinions of other people, even though we know the answer. And we ask like, oh, I've got this like big thing that I feel like I want to do. What do you think? And if they say, yeah, go for it. We're like, oh yes, validation. Yeah, okay, yeah, I've yeah. got their permission now. I'm going to do it. I feel confident, right? Or yeah. if they say, oh no, you can't do that. You will hurt people if you do that. Then you're going to really upset people. And actually just stick with where you are right now, whether that's in a relationship or a job, you know, you don't want to rock the boat. You've got kids or whatever it is. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so straight away we self-abandon, mm-hmm. even though we know we're like, right, okay, I will just, I will just self-abandon and I will ignore that that real need and desire that I know within is within me because I'm so scared to go there. So I'll just plod along for another year and I'll come back again and I'll be like, oh God, that feeling's there again. It's actually never really left me. So I'm just going to ask someone else, like, what do you think? And depending on what they say, then we decide. And this is what causes so much illness, Jojo, because we self-abandon. We don't trust ourselves. We always seek external validation because guess what? We need community. We need connection to survive. When we're babies, we're born connected via the, what's the word? Umbilical cord. Umbilical cord. Yes. (laughs) So we need it, right? We needed our mother to survive, right? We needed that. And we feel like we still need that as we grow older. But connection is beautiful. But we're not in times now, at caveman times, that we won't survive by being on our own and by living our truth. But it is, I know we're sort of digressing now, but I think it's such an important thing for anyone listening to this. When you start to manifest in, in different illnesses, and I know notwithstanding yours, Jojo, because it, you know, you're what you've been through is 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 something that so many people will not be able to fully ever ever fully understand until they've or if they ever are in that situation. But if you're someone who has got, you know, some autoimmune or you're feeling like skin conditions, lower back pain, upper back pain, so much of the time this is caused by suppressed emotions and not fully 
not fully living our truth, not fully listening to ourselves and trusting ourselves and self-abandoning. And over time, it starts to form and create illness in our body. And I think it's so important that we we just start to live our truth. We start to do the things we want to do. Yeah, it's so true. I, I found I was having a conversation with someone a few weeks ago and I wanted to, it was kind of, I wanted to be a bit more tough love, but I was skirting around the edges and my throat started to really hurt because I knew my body was saying, you need to say this. This person needs to hear this. And then there's the people pleaser in me that's like, oh, just maybe not be too tough love with this one. But my throat was, my body was crying out. You've got to say, and that can be hard. Mm. I, I mean, I remember being, um, went to a pool with the kids, an outside pool over the Easter holidays. And we got in and I checked with the lifeguard, is it okay for us to use the pool with these hours? She said, yeah, and you go. So we went in smiling and this guy comes up and goes, excuse me, get your kids out of this pool. It's adult time. And I said, um, it's not adult time, actually. It's 12 till whatever. And he's like, yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I said, there was part of me, I could feel the throat. And I went, excuse me, you have no right to speak to me that way. And I could see Bonnie going, mom, mom, let's not cause a scene. And he said, excuse me, he was being quite confrontational. And then the guy next to him said, well, I don't mind. I hope they have a lovely time as in the kids. So he, so that gave him a bit of shame. Then the lifeguard came up and went, no, she's totally right. It's family time. And I said, and I, at this point, I was just a bit, and I said, yeah, this guy's just been an asshole. Uh, and uh, anyway, shouldn't have said that in front of the kid. But uh, I've then, said worse, Jojo. <laughs> he, came, he came up five minutes later and he said, I'm really sorry for speaking to you that way. I was totally out of line. And I thought, mm. you know, maybe there's a version of me that would have just sort of said, all right, we'll get out and not even checked. And, oh, you must be right. And let him speak to me that way. But I was like this inner goddess going, you cannot talk to me like that. And that's not the way I've been conditioned, you know, to, you know, I've been conditioned, as you say, from an early age, the generation <laughs> coming up was always about, you know, keep quiet, the women, you know, the church that we went to, the first one, the ladies had to wear a hat and they weren't allowed to pray in public or anything like that. And there were some incredible women in this church with so much wisdom and love to share but it had to be, you know, after the service, supper, they would provide the food and have a nice chat. But I was like, I want to hear what you have to say. What do you think about this passage? What do you, do you know what I mean? It's like that, those old programs. So Yeah, and plus you'll witness that. And even on a, on a subconscious level, you will feel that for those women because here you are expressing yourself with this big power house, right, that you are. And there will be on a subconscious level, well, possibly will be something there around, you know, you can't say too much, like don't be too big, mm-hmm. know your limit. Yeah. And yeah, for sure. And I want to just talk to you, actually, because I know that I, I desperately want to talk to you about your script. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not even really I know, I haven't even talked about the script. Right, so Jojo... You are a wee master of all the things. You're an author, you're a blogger, you've done a TED Talk, you've been on radio and TV. I mean, you're just, you're like a little kind of master of all the things. And now, now you have created a script that 
So someone suggested you do this, you said, didn't you? It was this after your TED Talk. Like, I'll leave you because I don't want to steal your thunder. Talk to yeah. us about it, how it came about and what it is. So I've always loved people. And I used to write comedy st- scripts for fun and I've put them on to rooms. People were creasing themselves and just, I love that. You know, I, I really love entertaining. I love watching people and learning. Um, and, you know, it, it's been all about writing blogs and books, thinking about the next book and all that sort of stuff. But I thought, no, I'd really, really love to just listen to this, you know, this encouragement I've had and do it. Now, it was triggering because it's my story. It's it's deep and dark in places. It's light and funny in places. It's a, a whole beautiful mix of life and humans and our issues and all the characters. And there's some really complicated characters in there. There's some, you know... So I wrote it slowly over two years, and now I feel it's time to to sort of share it, sending it out to people, get feedback, and and just see what's what's meant for it. You know, whether it's going to be a film. The lengthwise, it's the length of a film. Um, so that would be a yeah. The script is is based on pages, but yeah, I've just poured my heart into it. It's been one of the projects I was just sort of piping away at slowly behind the scenes last year and else and it's just it's been healing um but I think there's a lot of therapy sessions in there that I think could help other people yeah for sure a lot of themes so and as well showing it from others people's point of view as well so it's not just my story and my trauma there's a therapist saying well what would such and such think about that or can you see it the other way so it's almost kind of like free therapy um and I've just loved it and the story has got so many twists and turns and um yeah it covers so many issues from trust from listening to yourself from boundaries from stigma smashing from following your passion from keeping roots but staying grounded roots and wings all these really really big themes I think we need more of on mainstream Mm. I mean the dream is for it to go on Netflix or well I'm visualizing it for you I'm glad you said that because that was my next question what's the dream that's the dream the dream is to get it in the hands get the feedback and then make sure I'm totally happy because even the therapy and the work I've been doing behind the scenes I feel like oh, I'm learning so much, I could add that. But then I'm like, well, is that going to be too long then? Because it's the length of a bit of film at the moment. So are there parts I should strip out? You could do like series. Yeah, that's the thing. The story's not over. So it almost could be like, it's like one of those, like I was watching, what's that drama recently? Um, What was it called? That actor that everyone's loving at the moment. The Split. Oh, yeah. God, love it. You know, I think what in, what entices me, I feel like I love a lot of these really popular things. So I have an eye for, and it's the it's the relationships, it's the it's the grit. It's the family, it's the dynamics, it's the yeah. it's it's the trauma, it's it's life. It's and I mean it's raw, real life. Yeah. And I think that's why we love things like the split and afterlife is another one that's that people have really connected with the Ricky Gervais afterlife. And yeah. because I think people relate to, and, and I, I remember my, my partner saying to me oh, you need to watch Afterlife and everyone was going you need to watch Afterlife and I'm like oh I'm not really a big Ricky Gervais fan and oh and so anyway I decided to watch it and I think there was like three series to it and I mean I think it won awards and stuff and it was dark at points you know his wife had passed away and then he felt suicidal and it was about him and his dog and and him navigating his wife, his life through grief. And 
I mean, it was dark at points, like really dark, but there was so much comedy in it too. And I think that's similar with the split. I remember crying at the end of the series of Split because, again, it's relatable. It's like this is the stuff that people aren't talking about in relationships. No, it's so relatable. It, it, It just... And that's the thing. You've hit the nail on the head. This is the stuff people aren't talking about. Now, the stuff I'm taking on here, it's a lot of issues because it's not just mental health, it's spirituality too, right? Mm -hmm. It's trying to merge and find a way between the two. And that's a huge thing now. But America's leading the way. It's still, we're a bit dinosaur in Scotland, you know, Mm -hmm. but there is more chat about our spiritual health. So it's taken on a slightly different dimension. It's Um, needed though. It's yeah, needed. It's needed. And the, the other dream is for me to act as the main character because I actually have a background in acting. So, you know, when they say, oh, Rocky's like, you can only do it if you let me act the part because they'll say, well, why do you want to do it? Well, I'm going to play myself better than anyone else can. Right? I've yeah. been through that trauma. I can act it. So the dream is for, for that to go in and I'm to be the, the character that's me. And I've got mm-hmm. ideas for who I'd like for other characters as well. Oh, um, can you share? Who's your dream? Who would be like, who would be your Scott equivalent? Oh, I'm still working him out, actually. I'm still. (laughs) When I was manic, though, I said Jude Law. (laughs) I think that was just for selfish reasons. (laughs) I was thinking like Jake Gyllenhaal. That's who I would be picking. (laughs) When I watched The Holiday, and I know it's an old film now. I fell in love with his character, the way he cried, showed emotion, fell in love. But uh, quite like Jared Butler, I need to see see out some check out some new talent. I think. <laughs> Do you know what? Just I am excited for you, and whatever happens with this, it's, there must be something. You know, when something comes out of this this pain that you've been through, to actually imagine that perhaps you I know this is going to sound people listening as we go like what but often we don't realize why we navigate or why we go through something so dark that we do mm-hmm. and actually what can come out of it is something really beautiful and healing for so many others so imagine if that was something that came out of it that people could really watch and connect to the heart so much more and heal the dream is for millions of people to see this or, mm. you know, it, it's like if you're saying how you dream and I'm like, I want so many people to see this because I believe the issues, but I'll tell you something scary. So there was a director, producer who's worked on Outlander, who's worked on like some really big names who asked to read it. And they actually asked to read it over a year ago, um, but I wasn't ready. I was like, I am working on it and I'm a, I hate all talk, no action. So I was like, I actually am working on it. I know you're going to think I'm just saying that, but I actually am. It's just I've got stuff to work through before I feel Mm. well enough to. But anyway, the night I finally sent it, right, I was just doing the finishing touches and I was just putting all the good feels out. And I looked down at the word count and our family number is 242. We grew up in this house, 242, my most special memories whenever we see a 242 we we message each other and it was like 55,000 or something like that 242 oh. and I just went oh right okay okay yep this was the right thing to do so 
goosebumps there. Oh, goosebumps. Well, I'm so excited to see what unfolds and I'm just honouring you um, and where you're at right now to pull something like this together from something that has been so dark for you. Um, But there's light. There's like, I mean, where you are right now and what you're doing. I love watching your stories, your cold water swim. I mean, I have to say, there's a lot I'll do every time I watch you in there. I'm like, nah, nah, I can't do it. When you're in that little one, that bit in your garden and it's all ice. Oh no, I got the shivers. Oh, it's just, I, I just, it's like going for a run or it's like anything you know that's going to be really good for you. I just tell myself how I feel at the end. So it's it's kind of not overthinking it. It was like when I did one of the world's biggest bungees. It was terrifying. And it was a big butch guy up there, all the muscles, and he didn't jump. And I thought, if I stand on this ledge and I just overthink it and I don't just go, it ain't going to happen. So I just jumped. <laughs> and it's like that with the cold water. You just get in and you breathe. And I know you're huge on, you know, raising awareness about breath work. It impacts everything, the breathing and the music as well. Sometimes I'll have music, uh, look up at the sky, see it as quite a spiritual practice, but it's just worth it. It's it's bottomless. So I should persevere. Yeah, a hundred. If you want to come around for a session, we can do a wee podcast here if you want on Mojo Injection and you can go in the cold and I'll do it. Okay, I'm going to do it. Brilliant. Oh God, I'm even getting cold thinking about it. A challenge to you. Come for a mojo injection. Right, we're gonna do it. We'll do it. I'll make sure it's quite a nice day. I mean, you've done it in like minus degrees and stuff. Yeah, we go, you know, the thing is when a habit becomes part of your life and it's consistent, you just you get up. I get up on a Monday morning and I know that I am going no matter what the weather, if it's peeing down with rain. Uh, you know, I'm doing a review for a place we're getting sent off this weekend, I think, to review somewhere. And it's about wild swimming. And it, my first thought, like the old me would be like, well, what's the weather forecast? Now it's like, who cares? I'll be in it and I'll be reviewing that cold water swimming pool. Yeah. So- <laughs> oh, God, amazing. And is there anything else before we wrap up? Because I know I could just talk to you all day. Is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners that you feel that you they, they need to know, they need to hear before we finish up? Oh, I could be here all day. Um, <laughs> I would say, you know, I've been researching mental health, wellness, spiritual health, properly hardcore for about eight years now. And I dive into it and I see patterns a lot. A lot of this, you know, the same stuff. And it all comes back to, which is so apt for this podcast, loving yourself it's the most beautiful podcast name I I absolutely love it because and not just for she he whoever Mm -hmm. you are that's listening I just want to remind you of that because in this world we're so encouraged to feel shame you know diet culture they're making millions on making people feel shame you could say that about so many different products that we see okay it's you don't get sustainable results from shame marketing campaigns or from old programs you've picked up. You get results from doing the work. And yes, it can be scary. It can be dark. But boy, is it worth it? Because when you learn to love yourself and you learn to say goodbye to the things that are no longer serving you and and really love yourself and really 
focus on that and rewiring and going into your subconscious and, and getting rid of all that stuff that isn't even you, that you're carrying, you deserve to feel lighter. You deserve happiness. You deserve mojo is the word I say, that wee bit of magic inside you. Um, just it's worth it. If you can love yourself and take time to love yourself, then you will have a much happier, uh, fulfilled life. Beautiful. Oh, Jojo, thank you so much. I have loved having you on. It's been an absolute honour to have you on the podcast. Thank you. So much. It's been awesome. Loads of love.